Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 57. I'm your host, Chris Omarez. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. Welcome in. Grab a chair, sit down, relax. We're going to have a good time today. We are, what, 12 days out from the NHL trade deadline? Some teams don't really care about it. They're getting a head start early. They got to make some moves. Yeah. Everything's a little bit, little bit cheaper today than it will be as we approach it, right? So, focus of this episode here is good. we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Why not? We're going to trigger a whole fan base. That's right. We're going to get Leafs Twitter going. I'm going to check the comments section later here on YouTube. If you are listening to this on YouTube, thank you. If you're not, go ahead. YouTube.com slash Slapshot Pod. Hit the sub button, ring the bell. I'm excited to see the comments down, telling me I have no idea what I'm talking about. Maybe some thumbs down reactions. Those would be, you know, all right. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Like I said, if you're not following the podcast, make sure you do so on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91. You get the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Go ahead and follow. Do yourself solid there, right? We are going to talk about, like I said, Toronto Maple Leafs because they were in action trying to acquire some help, help their lineup out. And uh, yeah, look, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs in my mind need help in a couple of areas. They decided to address the forward position because why not, right? And to be honest, I don't think the trade was that bad. I don't. They went out. They acquired Ryan O'Reilly. Good, right? Veteran player. Stanley Cup experience. Great two-way forward. And they got him, uh, you know, for some peanuts. Well, they, they needed Minnesota to help out, right? This is, Technically, this was a three-way deal between uh, the Leafs, the Blues, and the Wilds. So the Wilds. Uh, they got a fourth-round pick from Toronto uh, for helping them retain 50% of Ryan O'Reilly's salary. So the Toronto Maple Leafs are on the book for 1.875 of that for the remainder of the year. O'Reilly is a UFA. Uh, and then St. Louis got Adam Gaudet, Abramov. I don't, I don't know. Not, don't really care. But really, St. Louis picked up here was a, a good haul of picks, right? They got a first-round pick, which I feel like is the minimum to require to acquire any player right now in the NHL. Uh, they also got Ottawa's third-round pick this in this draft. Toronto was the holder of that, uh, and they also uh, acquired a second-round pick in 2024. So the Leafs also acquired, acquired Noel Achari. Good, great depth player, brings some physicality to the lineup. All good things there. So up until this point. Nothing really too crazy, but I will say this. I feel like they may have paid quite a bit for a rental because that is exactly what Ryan O'Reilly is. He is a rental. So they paid a first round pick, a second round pick, a third round pick, and a fourth round pick for a rental of Ryan O'Reilly. Now, you can try to convince yourself, Leafs Nation, however you want. Ryan O'Reilly's not going to resign. He's going to want probably close to the money that he was making in St. Louis, so probably around six mil. Somebody's going to give it to him because it's the NHL, and that's 
what teams do here. Um, good for say, like St. Louis has got, this is a lost season for them. They got a good haul of picks here. They're going to be a rebuilding team. So we saw what they got for Vladimir Tarasenko. They go out, they add another pick here. Good for them. And good for the Minnesota Wild as well. I mean, they were, do they really have money <laughs> available to just be retaining $3.75 million? I thought maybe Minnesota's still very much in the hunt for a playoff spot. So it was definitely surprising to see them jump in here and say, yeah, we'll retain some money to help make this a process. Look, they get rewarded with a fourth round pick in 2025. Whatever that pick becomes doesn't matter. But I was was a little bit of a head scratcher to see the Wild come out here and say, look, we'll take on some money and kind of hurt our chances of being able to add to our team. Because Minnesota needs a little bit of help. Their goaltending, really good. I think their defense is great-ish. And... I mean, they got about $12 million in deadline cap space, right? Thank you again to the good folks over at capfriendly.com for doing most of the math for us. So they can go out and add some players, specifically up front, kind of add some depth to their lineup, which I think they need if they're going to make a run in the playoffs. But hey, I think we're going to see a lot of this closer to the trade deadline of a third team needing to jump in to help facilitate that process, right? And look, there are a ton of teams that can help with that, right? A ton. I'm looking at you, the Buffalo Sabres, the Arizona Coyotes, the Anaheim Ducks, the Detroit Red Wings are in there as well, Chicago Blackhawks. These are all teams like the Buffalo Sabres as of today. So whenever you're listening, I'm doing, I'm recording this on a Monday night. So by the time you listen to this, probably Tuesday. Um, the Buffalo Sabres have 63 three and a half million dollars in cap space as of today. So they can go out and acquire some picks for just retaining some money. Same thing with the Arizona Coyotes. Arizona Coyotes are a rebuilding franchise. You can easily go out and help a team facilitate the process and getting a player, whatever that may cost. Right? There's no reason to hold on to that cap space for Next year, right? Especially on contracts that are becoming, uh, but well, I mean, no, not 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 becoming. So players who are going to be a UFA at the end of the year, you might as well retain some money and help another team out here. It just makes sense to do it, right? So I think there's going to be quite a few teams at the deadline who may inquire and say, "Hey, we need X, Y, Z to kind of make this happen." Right, because there's still players who are need to be moved. Right, we talked about it last episode. Patrick Kane, Timo Meyer, These are guys who need to be moved. Patty Kane, by the way, he's got what five goals in the last two games. Man's making sure he's getting out of Chicago. Right, like he said, oh, I'm not sure what you know my future holds yet. Da 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 da. He basically said he's wasn't thinking about going to Toronto or nothing there. But okay, cool. Whatever players say is one thing, but. Hey, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I would like to see some of these bottom feeder teams just kind of dish out a little bit of salary here to help acquire more picks. Why not? It'll It's good for the contenders because they can add top-notch players. It's good for these teams that can retain some salary. They get a pick. 
and it helps facilitate teams who want to sell, right? There are, like I said, these the middleman in that transaction, whatever team that has to hold on to some money, they can definitely help out here. It's good. But again, let's go back to the Toronto situation. So Toronto goes out, they get their, their guy, I guess, if you want to put it that way. They... They have a good top six. I don't think anybody is complaining about that. The Toronto Maple Leafs have a very, very good top six, right? And specifically with O'Reilly, they're going to play him at center on that second line like they did. He's played two games. He's played center. They've moved John Tavares to the wing on that second line. I think that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Um, if you want to play O'Reilly down the middle on the third line, you can also do that. But you, you don't really have anybody to step into that top six role who can play, right? Like It's not Pierre Engvall. It's not Kelly Yarncroke. Those guys are bottom six players. That's, that's kind of fit there. I, I, I know we've seen Alexander Kerfoot play in the top six, but those aren't guys who are top six players. Anyways. You're not going to be able to go out and get a top six player because Toronto basically doesn't have any picks left this year. Their third round pick that they have this year is um, conditional, right? It's part of the Arizona technically owns that pick. If they want, they can defer and get the second round pick in 2025. But I don't see them doing that, right? They... They might as well, I don't know. They could decide to take that third pick this year, right? And then that would that would change it. So to me, I guess that third round pick that Toronto has this year, I kind of basically just say it doesn't exist because it's conditioned. So I don't I, I don't think they even if they wanted to, they could move that pick because it's already like budged in another part of a transaction. I don't know. I'd have to check. But if we take out the third round pick here, Toronto has no first, no second, no fourth, no seventh. They have a fifth and a sixth round pick that they own with no conditions. So unless Toronto wants to move a first round pick next year, which they could do, but we know that the 2023 draft is deeper. So I think some teams, if they're going to get a first round pick, they want this year's pick. Say, hey, we want picks this year. I don't know what the draft looks like in 2024. Really, I don't, outside of teams that are deep in the rebuild, they might care about those late picks. But for most teams, they want things this year. So it's unlikely that Toronto's going to go out and add to their top six again, or even to their defense, which is where they still need help. Like we talked about this at the beginning of the year. The Leafs, we know that they can score goals. and. That has not been their problem, right? It's not. They're, th- th- scoring goals is something that this team does very well, and they do it regularly, right? They do. They're really good at scoring goals. They're eighth in the NHL in that department, which is like it's pretty good. There's nothing wrong with that. There's some teams ahead of them, sure. But on the outside looking in, they are a team that can score goals. and. Good for them. But we know that they struggled defensively. And that has not changed. Right? 
Morgan Riley's a good defenseman, but he's not elite at defending. TJ Brody and Mark Giordano can help you help you out where you need to. And then you had a combination after that of Justin Hall, Timothy Lindgren, Rasmus Sandin, Connor Timmons, I guess, if you wanted Jordy Ben. Right? Because Jake Muzzin is hurt. I don't know if he could even like he's not coming back during the season because the Leafs don't have money for that. Right? The same thing with Matt Murray. Like I it would shock me if both players came back. I don't know about Muzzin his like injury status and what's going on. Matt Murray, I guess maybe they'd want him to come back during the year, but they just don't have money, so it's not going to happen, right? And who knows what condition Jake Muzzin will be in if he's missed, I don't know, what's he going to miss now, like four months of hockey? Like, I don't know what that's going to be like. But the Leafs need help on defense. They're not going to be able to get it. Their goaltending is what it is. This is like Kyle Dubas went out and said, hey, we're going to run with Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray. Matt Murray has had his moments, but again, he's been hurt. So we're just going to discredit all that. And Ilya Samsonov has been decent. He has. He's he's given the Leafs exactly what I guess they paid him to do. It was supposed to be a tandem. He's played well. At times, he has also struggled. But... I mean, is it good enough in the playoffs? No. And I said this on Twitter, and obviously some people were like, right, vomiting everywhere. But let's be like, let's be honest, okay, for a moment here. The the Eastern Conference is a very tough conference this year. Like the West is good, but the Eastern Conference is on a whole other different planet right now. And it's it's a dogfight. It's a dogfight. The, the good news is in the Atlantic Division, it's basically settled, right? Boston is the best team in the NHL. They are the best team in the East, the best team in the Atlantic. All right? Toronto is up there as well, done well. And then Tampa Bay is right there too. Those are the three teams that are going to come out of the Atlantic. So basically that division is settled because it's it's unlikely. I, I don't see Buffalo getting there. Buffalo is very fun to watch score goals, but they just don't have the goaltending or defensive capabilities to play, right? Detroit, same thing. I really don't see them being able to keep up with some of the teams that are ahead of them. Ottawa is, again, not, not there for me. Uh, and Montreal is just doesn't exist. So, the Metro division is exactly as advertised, right? And that that still has a lot of wheels left to be sorted, right? Carolina, New Jersey, the Rangers are leading there. But you got the Islanders, the Panthers, the Penguins, and the Capitals. They're all fighting for those two wildcard spots, right? In that exact order, by the way, entering Monday, right? The Islanders, Panthers, Penguins, and Capitals. That was the order. Two of those teams are not going to make it, right? So I don't see the Buffalo Sabres or Detroit Red Wings being able to take a spot from one of those four teams. I don't see it. The Islanders got some bad news, right? Matthew Barzell is week to week. But they did get Bo Horvat. They're good defensively. They got an elite goaltender, so they can make a play here. Florida is just, I mean, I don't. Florida hangs on to the playoff spot that they have. Uh, 
The Penguins are a better team. They're getting healthy, which is important. And the Capitals, I think, as well, are a better team. Once Ovi gets back, John Carlson can come back as well. That's where the fight's going to be. So all that to say, right, the Toronto Maple Leafs go out and they make a move. Fine. But they got to go through Tampa Bay in the first round. You know, the team that's been to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row? You got to get past that team. And Tampa Bay is a really good hockey team. Let's be honest. They are built from the back end out. They're the exact opposite of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Do the Tampa Bay Lightning have as many talented goal scorers on their team? No. They do have elite players, right? We're not going to take anything away from Braden Point. We're not going to take anything away from Nikita Kucherov. We're not going to take anything away from Steven Stamkos. As of today, okay, well, whenever you listen to this. So Toronto has played 57 games. Tampa Bay has played 55. And Tampa Bay has scored one more goal than the Leafs have this season. So for all that offense in Toronto, Tampa Bay's core, up until this point, has been able to contribute just as much. Now, Tampa Bay Lightning have given up more goals. You say, okay, well, but on paper, where the Leafs are supposed to dominate, which is up front, they're basically 50-50 with Tampa Bay. And I would 100% take Tampa Bay's defense and their goalie over Toronto's defense and goalie. No, but like, Let's be honest. Like I said, let's come down to planet Earth here. We know that. And then you got to try, at some point, you got to get past Boston. Boston is the, I don't know how they're doing it. They are elite beyond elite right now. They're just on a whole other planet. They have scored the most goals in the Eastern Conference. Okay? It's 210 They've also given up the fewest. They've given up 118 goals through 56 games. It's crazy how good this team is. Absolutely crazy. I know Kyle Dubas, to me, the reason he makes this trade and he pays the price that he does is because he needs to get out of that first round and he at least needs this team to fight in the playoffs so that he can come back next year. So if I'm Kyle Dubas and I'm worried about my job, I don't care about the four picks I just traded. I'm not going to be around to deal with that if this goes south. And if everything works out, I'll deal with that later. You know what I mean? Like, let's solve today's problem before I start worrying about tomorrow's problem. And I know everybody says, oh, the picks don't matter. No, picks matter. They do. That's how you keep the farm system going. That's how you make sure that players who come up through the system Make sure that you don't go through these massive rebuilds, right? Picks matter. They do. It's hard to trade for players. If you look at the players who are making a difference on this team, they've they've drafted them all, right? They've drafted Austin Matthews. They've drafted Mitch Marner. They've drafted William Nylander. They've drafted Morgan Riley. These are guys that they've had. In their system, Timothy Lindgren, Rasmus Sandin, they're young defensive, but they drafted them. So having picks is important. And when you start mortgaging the entire future, it becomes tough to keep that pipeline going. It really does. And I don't see a ton of players in the system 
for the Leafs right now. I really don't. So I get what Kyle Dubas is doing, and I get that he kind of has no choice. He really doesn't. Because if he does nothing, his team goes into the playoffs and loses. Well, he's he's going to get fired. <laughs> he is. That's, that's a given. If he goes into the playoffs, let's say the Leafs make it out of the first round, which already would be a massive accomplishment. And then let's say they're competitive in the second round. Then you can, even, even if, let's say they don't get out of the second round, okay? But at least they're competitive. I don't know. They lose in six or seven. Maybe, maybe Kyle Dubas holds on to his job. I don't think it's Stanley Cup or bust for the Leafs just because they haven't gotten past that point. And there are a lot of UFAs coming up for Toronto, right? They, they have to dish out a little bit of money in the offseason. And which is why I think A, Ryan O'Reilly is a rental, because they're not gonna dish out money for O'Reilly at 32. They're not gonna do that. They they can't. And if they fail, then they gotta change something. So you can't keep pounding money into the offense. We know they can't do that. They got three players on the roster making over 10 mil. So they can't. They can't invest another six in a forward. Like William Nylander's probably got the best deal. Remember when everybody was freaking out about the money that they gave Nylander and the holdout he was having? His 6.9 million looks pretty good today. Looks really good on the books. And don't forget, they still got Morgan Riley signed forever at his $7.5 million, and he brings what it is. TJ Brody still has two years, right? No, sorry, one year after this year at five mil. And then you got a deal as well. Jake Muzzin comes back. He'll have one year left on his deal. Matt Murray is still owed 4.6 the next next year as well. So there's this is why I don't believe that Ryan O'Reilly is going to stick around. To me, he's a pure rental, which is why I feel that the four picks that he paid was was quite something. It was. It was quite. And was the need to go out and get Ryan O'Reilly a must? I wouldn't say so. I think they have other areas that they needed to address, specifically defensively, and they didn't do that. Now, if you're a team holding on, like I said, to Patrick Kane or Timo Meyer, well, I mean, Toronto just paid quite a bit in picks to acquire a rental. And we agree that Patty Kane, and especially Timo Meyer, at least in my books, better than Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly brings a different pedigree. He's a different player. We're not comparing apples to apples with that, apples to oranges, right? O'Reilly brings the experience of winning. He's a good two-way forward. You know what you're getting out of him. Patrick Kane is older. He's 35. We know he's got that hip injury or... Teams are not sure how that hip's holding up, but Patrick Kane is elite beyond elite. We know that. And he's reminded everybody here recently that he can still score goals and be good. He's on a bad hockey team. But it, I'm expecting him to be somewhere else. Now, the, the number of suitors for where he can go might be diminishing. But I think Toronto, I, I think, sorry, I think Chicago can get at least if they can't get a roster player, they can get a hefty amount of picks, especially if another team helps them out by taking on some salary, right? This Not necessarily with Timo Meyer. I think Timo Meyer, you're going to need a first-round pick, obviously. You're probably going to need a second-round pick and a young player. 
it's just it is what it is. That's just how it goes. There's a lot of talk about Winnipeg and that it would cost, let's say if they wanted to acquire Timo Meyer, cost them a first round pick and like a Cole Perfetti. I don't know if Winnipeg wants to go down that route. I would love to see Timo Meyer there. I would love even more if he was in a Habs uniform. But apparently Kent Hughes says, well, he's not going to be too busy come trade deadline. So when GMs say that, just think the exact opposite. And that's probably what's going to happen, right? That's that's fair. Apparently there's no market for Evgeny Dodonov. There's no market for Jonathan Drouin. Why would there be? Drouin has no goals this year. Dodonov has not looked great at times. I mean, some teams are worried about Joel Edmondson and his injuries and whatnot. So I get that there's not a great market, and you shouldn't just give those players away. Like at that point, just hold on to them. That's it. Like don't give them away for nothing. Or if you're not going to get anything worthwhile, just again, don't. But for the Leafs here, to me, if I had to grade this, I think they gave up a lot to add Ryan O'Reilly. I do. And I know Leafs Twitter doesn't think that because they need to win now. And you're going to convince yourself of whatever you want to hear and say it doesn't matter. It's a first-round pick. We're going deep in the playoffs, so that pick's going to be outside the top 20, maybe outside the top 25. You know, the prospects that they trade, you know, it doesn't matter. And the picks are useless. You know, it's a third-round pick afterwards and blah, 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 blah. Right? But the fact of the matter is that you you paid a ton. You did. There's no question about that. You cannot convince me otherwise. That's not how that works, right? It's not Nolachari. It's going to cost them a fortune. He's making 1.25. So maybe they re-sign him at a cheap deal. He's basically a, I would say, maybe a better version of Wayne Simmons. I guess so. That's what it is. If you, if, if you want to see it that way, Wayne Simmons is a winger, so he's making less money as well. Nolachari can play the winger or he can play center. He's, he's centering the fourth line right now. That's where he's played the last two games. And that's where I expect him to continue to play. But, man... When I saw the trade go down, I said good for Toronto for adding a winner to the team because they don't have a lot of those. But, man, did you pay for something. And I feel like Kyle Dubas was maybe put pushed a little bit into a corner here. And he felt like he he had to give out a lot to get Ryan O'Reilly. Again, I'm not really worried about the players that are going the other way. It, to me, that it means it means nothing, right? I, I don't think the players were the real worry for Dubas, right? Like, Adam Gaudet hasn't played on the team. He's a minor leaguer, right? And then the kid that they got, I don't, I, like, I don't even know Abramov where he is or what now. Like, he's... Like so, it those things don't really matter. The the players I don't think are important. Whether they become anything is neither here nor there. But Toronto paid quite a bit to be able to get Ryan O'Reilly at the cost that they got him at, because they couldn't just take him on at full money, right? 
the fourth round pick to Minnesota. Maybe a lot of people say, well, that's that's meaningless. You still moved a pick, right? Like, that's the part that I think people forget. They say, yeah, but the, the odds of this guy coming becoming an NHLer is like, I don't know, whatever percentages. Sure. But how many times have we seen teams package these late round picks into something, right? They become something. We know players in the NHL were picked in the fourth round. I get it that it's a lottery, right? There's a chance this player becomes nothing. But for me, I think Dube is paid quite a bit here. Quite a bit. And it's because he feels the pressure to have his team perform. His team's got to get out of that first round because if not, he's not coming back. He can't. He can't come back. It's the same situation over and over again in Toronto, right? A good team during the regular season, not able to get it done in the playoffs. And they're going to need their big boys again to step up and lead this team. And they're going to have to push the pace. But when push comes to shove, and they like, I get that the playoff format is just the worst. And we saw players like Sidney Crosby come out and say, hey, the playoff format's not great. And it's not. There's no reason that Toronto should be meeting Tampa Bay in the first round. There's none. There's no reason. Is that fair? Yes. And it's it's tough. Like I said, they have to go through Tampa. They have to go through Boston at some point. But having to face Tampa Bay in that first round, a team that has been there, that has done that, that has won, that knows what has to get done, man, that is a really, really tough first round matchup. Like you're you're not doing yourselves any favors. I don't think it was Dubas worrying about the Islanders and the Rangers making moves and those teams getting better, right? I don't think it's that. I think he wanted to make sure that he adds pieces to be able to make sure that his team can at least compete in the first round. Because in my books, and I said this again, the the Boston Brewers are the best team in the NHL, the best team in the East. The New York Rangers are a better team than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Again, some people are like, I don't understand. What do you mean you don't understand? What part don't you get? I got to tweet something. The Rangers, based on what? What are you talking about? The Rangers have Igor Shosturkin, one of the better goalies in the NHL. Their defense is pretty, pretty good. It is, right? Jacob Truba and Adam Fox on the blue line, pretty good. Ryan Lindgren is okay. Keandre Miller's a good defenseman. They added Nico Mikola as well. Solid defenseman who can give you some minutes. Not to mention their entire top nine in my book is pretty good. Somebody's like, yeah, Vincent Trocek and Jimmy Vesey are in their top six. Okay, maybe Jimmy Vesey is, is what it is. But Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, and Philip Heedle, the kid line as they're referred to, great line, by the way. Great line. They're young, but they can play. Kreider, Zabinajad, sure, look, VC's there. It is what it is. Artemi Panera, Vincent Trocek, Vladimir Tarasenko, really solid line. Really, really solid. And the Rangers have a little bit of money if they want to go out and do something. 
right? They do. And they, they may not be done. They don't have a ton of money, right? They have a little bit. They're going to have about a million dollars come trade deadline. Now, what does that buy you? Look, not much. I know. <laughs> but they have Dallas's pick, I, I guess, because they don't have their own. Because that went over to the Rangers. Uh, sorry, to, to the St. Louis Blues. So they can add somebody. And you could add depth players at that point. They went out and they traded for Tyler Mott. That makes their you know, their fourth line a little bit better. Can Barkley Goudreau move up and play in Jimmy Vesey's spot? Sure. I wouldn't break up the kid line, right? And I don't think Vincent Trocek is that bad, okay? Not that bad. Is he elite? No. He's not elite. But I really don't think he is that bad. He is a complimentary player on this team. He still has 42 points this year, by the way, in 56 games, which is not terrible. It's really not that bad. It's not. So, A, I don't get the slander on Vincent Trocek. Jimmy VC is who he is. That's it. He's in a good spot. All right. If he can contribute, that would be great, right? It would be really good if Jimmy VC could do something and be a good hockey player. But hey, look, it is, it is what it is for Jimmy VC. It is what it is. The Rangers, to me, are a better team than the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are a a complete hockey team. I think the Rangers probably have one of the best top nines in hockey. I think they rival the Boston Bruins. They're on a massive win streak right now. They're what? 7-1-2 and two in their last 10? They're competing with the New Jersey Devils to be able to take that second spot. I don't know if they catch Carolina because Carolina's on a whole other planet. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10. They just look unbeatable. But all this to say... <laughs> Again, how does this affect the Leafs? In my mind, the Leafs paid too much for a rental. They did. It's, it's neither here nor there. He's not going to stick around in Toronto because Toronto doesn't have the money for it. And does he make their defense better? No. He is a good two-way forward. So by default, the team aspect of defense is going to be better. but. He doesn't play defense, and he can't stop pucks. So, he's going to help you win face-offs on penalty kill probably and all that fun stuff. But he can't stop pucks, and he can't play defense. And that is where the Leafs need the most help, and it's unlikely that they address those needs by the trade deadline. That is how I feel. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the podcast for today. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, if you're on the YouTube, youtube.com slash slapshotpod, hit the sub button, ring the bell, drop a like on the podcast. I appreciate that very much. You can go ahead and leave a comment below. I'm ready for the hate. I'm ready for it. Go ahead. I know it's coming, but it's fine. I'm ready. Please show your work, okay? Just please explain how you got to your opinion as to how I'm wrong, okay? Don't just tell me, you're wrong. It's stupid. No, tell me how I got there. Show your work, please. Right? Don't just say I'm wrong. 
Make sure you follow me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91. The podcast on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. Same thing. It's on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Just slash, hit the follow button wherever, whatever they use or the like on all these other platforms. Go ahead and do so. I appreciate it very much. Uh, I don't know if we're going to talk to each other before the NHL trade deadline. If we do, great. If not, by that time, we're going to know what all the rosters are going to look like. We're going to break down the NHL trade deadline at that point, winners and losers. But yeah, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I love you. I appreciate you. We'll talk to each other again soon.